Thank you for listening to this Podcast One Sportsnet production, available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Face it, your dad probably doesn't want another pair of socks this holiday season. Get him something he's actually going to use, like a Harry's razor. Harry's makes German-engineered, award-winning blades that will last. And they're backed by a 100% quality guarantee. So if he doesn't love his shave, you get a full refund. Get $5 off any Harry's shave set by heading to harrys.com slash danpatrick. Free shipping ends on December 16th, so act now. The holiday sets start at just $20. That's within Secret Santa limits. And Harry's blade refills are as low as $2 each. So the man in your life will save some money over time. It comes ready to go in a handsome holiday gift box. And in the spirit of the holiday season, 1% of each sale will be donated to charitable organizations. Get $5 off any shave set, including their limited edition holiday sets, when you go to harrys.com slash danpatrick. Plus, you'll get free shipping. Each Harry's shaving set comes with a weighted handle with an option to engrave. Five blade razor cartridges, foaming shave gel for a rich lather, a travel cover to protect your blades, and don't forget the handsome holiday gift box. Act now. Free shipping ends on December 16th. Go to harrys.com slash danpatrick. That's harrys.com slash danpatrick. Stop letting fibroids and endometriosis take over. Right now, thousands of women who have visited the specialists at the Center for Innovative GYN Care are saying the same thing. I shouldn't have waited. Waiting to treat a GYN condition can prolong the symptoms and often make them worse. Fibroids will grow. Endometriosis will spread. Why are you waiting? The CIGC specialists use exclusive laparoscopic techniques to treat complex GYN conditions. You don't need to suffer from abnormal bleeding or pelvic pain. Book a consultation at InnovativeGYN.com or call 888- surgery five hour energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life and now it comes in two great tropical flavors strawberry banana and tropical burst they're delicious and can transport you to a tropical paradise try them both then vote for your favorite at 5hewin.com you could be on the go to someplace you actually want to go. Offer ends 731.20. Terms apply. See www.5hewin.com for details. No, Broadcasting no. from the Mercedes Man Cave. Uh, that fat guy? This is Dan Patrick. Uh, made it to a Friday somehow. It's a Traeger Meat Friday and got the tooth repaired yesterday. And I'm ready to go, at least for the next three hours. Welcome in. We'll talk to Jalen Rose from the Mothership. He thinks James Harden could score 90 points in a game. We'll talk to Jalen. Ross Tucker, Westwood One NFL analyst, has some interesting things to say, certainly about uh, the games this weekend and what's going on with the Miles Garrett, Mason Rudolph situation here. We'll talk about that coming up in a moment. We'll have a poll question, play of the day, stat of the day, and you can be part of the program in a variety of ways. You can tweet us at DP Show. You can dial us up, 877-3DP-SHOW. And our Twitter handle on DP Show. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Say good morning to our radio and TV partners, our great radio affiliates around the country, numbering 362. Patriots and Cowboys should do a monster rating for Fox this weekend. And I'm not sure why any football fan would care about TV ratings, but keep in mind, they are a reflection of national interest. And right now, these two teams get most of the focus. Dallas has been popular since the 70s. They, uh, the self-anointed America's team. Are they still America's team? Are the Patriots America's team? Why is Dallas America's team? Just because Dallas said they're America's team? Yes, McLovin. If you look at the top five games every year, they're all Cowboys games, ratings-wise. Not Patri- Patriots are in there, but I don't know. What, do you know why? Are they the most liked team? 
They're not the most disliked because I would think the Patriots are the most disliked team. I think you either like or dislike the Cowboys. It feels like more people like the Cowboys, more fans do, um, than dislike them. Whereas the Patriots, more fans dislike them than like them because that seems more provincial. It's more of the you know New England area, and that's about it. Dallas, because you know when Dallas was great, they created something magical there with the stadium. They opened the roof so God could watch the Cowboys. You had the cheerleaders. You had the great uniforms. You had Roger Staubach. You had the doomsday defense. You had a lot of stars there, not only on their helmets. And I think America got caught up in that because you couldn't see every game. And you were watching the Cowboys and you were watching something different because it felt like the NFL, for the most part, was kind of boring. Cowboys gave you pizzazz. Now, the old AFL had pizzazz. Dallas Cowboys had some pizzazz. And then they also won. That's important. And then you had one generation in the 70s and then another generation in the 90s where you're winning Super Bowls. Now, they've been kind of quiet here in the last 20 years, and the Patriots have been that dynasty. But, you know, you start to look at these two teams coming up this weekend, that late Sunday afternoon game on Fox, and it's a really important game. Here are the Patriots. You know, they, they seem wobbly at 9-1, and one, whereas the Cowboys, you know, I still keep waiting for the Cowboys to put something together that looks like it's, you know, sustainable for the rest of the season and the postseason. Uh, Patriots with their matinee idol quarterback, Tom Brady. Cowboys with a colorful owner, an up-and-coming quarterback in Dak Prescott. And should be a fun game. And you start to look at Super Bowls. You know, the Patriots have been in the most Super Bowls. The Cowboys are tied for second with, I believe, eight appearances there. So there's, uh, there's a lot at stake here. And uh, should be a fun game to watch. You got Packers and the Niners, which is a whole lot of fun when you start to talk about Super Bowl appearances as well. Have we ever had a matchup where you had this many franchises with, you know, combined Super Bowls meeting on the same day or same night? You know, you had the Niners Packers on Sunday night. How many Super Bowls have they combined to play in? Trying to think. You need the Steelers in that mix, too. Yeah, but, well, but they play the Bengals, which uh, takes you down. Broncos-Bills this weekend? got Super Bowl s- losses, that's got to be the all-time record. Doesn't it? Maybe the Vikings? If the Vikings... Yeah, that'd probably be... How many Super Bowl losses? Do you have, like, seven Super Bowl losses in the Broncos-Bills matchup? The Broncos have lost five. Oh, they lost five. They lost to the, and the Cowboys, Bills Redskins, four. Niners, and they lost to the... Seahawks, and they lost to, um, yeah, they, 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 they definitely have five. Fritzy is going to, it's the Josh Allen Bowl. And I thought, Josh Allen Bowl. And then I realized the Broncos have a Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills have the Josh Allen as well. So it was, or Brandon Allen. Brandon Allen, Josh seven. Allen. Yeah, there we go. Oh, the yeah, Denver, Allen Bowl. Denver, but yeah. Cowboys, Giants, Redskins, Niners, Seahawks, five Super Bowl, three and five in Super Bowl. Denver. All right. Does that Seahawks game even count? Because they didn't really even show up to wow. the stadium, as I recall. Wow, too soon, McLovin. Did the center, like, fumble the first snap, and it was, oh, God. Too soon. Too soon. By the way, the nickname America's Team originated with the team's 1978 highlight film. That's when John Facenda opens with, this is, the, this is how he opens the Dallas Cowboys highlight film. They appear on television so often that their faces are as familiar to the public as presidents and movie stars. They are the Dallas Cowboys, America's team. 
Nice. I got to have more whiskey and cigarettes. I got to start smoking cigarettes, apparently, if I'm going to uh, be able to reach the John Facenda level. Yes, McLovin. I thought you went to a tape there at first. I didn't, oh, it, no, nice see, try. Nice you try. You could have done that job. Friday butt kissing. You could have done that job. You could have been a voice of NFL I, films. I auditioned at NFL Films. And? And, and I, I didn't get the job, but I did go to NFL Films, and I went in and I did a voiceover. And they were, they just said, and I think what happened is I did a story on NFL films when I was at CNN. So this is early to mid eighties. And I went there and then I said, Hey, I'd like to audition to be your announcer. Well, they already had John Facenda, but I thought maybe there's like secondary highlight. Like I could do the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know, and maybe it's not even an hour long. Maybe it's like, you know, 28 minutes, and I could have done that with the Tampa. You know, because there weren't enough highlights for an hour for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, McLovin. They had Harry Callis. He was their backup guy. Harry Callis. I know. I didn't know that. Well, maybe you shouldn't have said to him, uh, it's more like NFL film than NFL films. <laughs> One of your famous lines. Oh, I know, I know, I know. That was CBS Sport. But, uh, yeah, John Facendo. And he was just a local news guy. He wasn't even a sports guy. And they just, somebody, Steve Sable, or his father heard him, you know, in, on, on the uh, nightly news and went, that's the voice we want for NFL films. All right. I, uh, of course, am getting off track here. Uh, Jalen Rose will join us coming up in a little bit. Uh, Texans beat the Colts 20-17. to oh, Could have gone either way. And, you know, you start to look at, and I, it, that didn't tell me anything more about the Colts or anything more about the Texans. The one thing that I usually come away with, if I watch a full Texans game, is the following. Why don't they throw the ball to DeAndre Hopkins deep all the time? Uh, Will Fuller, I, I got to get you hands for Christmas or something. I don't know what it is. <laughs> He's... When he's healthy, he'll put up one of those 11 catches, 210 yards, and then you'll go, where's Will Fuller today? Um, T.Y. Hilton, you got to help your quarterback out there. You do. And I know he's coming back. He had missed three games, I think, but you got to help your quarterback. And uh, he did not. But, you know, the Colts win two in a row and the Texans lose one. You know, that's going to go back and forth here. And you start to look at the playoff picture here in the AFC. And it and it's really interesting because you start to see teams that have a lot you know a few more wins than you think. You know, Patriots at nine and one, Ravens are eight and two, Texans seven and four, Chiefs seven and four, Buffalo's seven and three. So this game with Denver is really big because I think Buffalo's winning ten games this year. The Raiders are six and four right now. And then, you know, you look in the uh NFC. The Niners and Packers, great show down there. The Saints are eight and two, just like the Packers are. Cowboys are six and four. Seattle's eight and two, and they'll be a wild card team if they're not winning their conference. And then Minnesota's eight and three if they don't win it with Green Bay. So you got some pretty interesting teams here going into the stretch run here with the playoffs. Uh, the big story was what happened with um, the fallout from Miles Garrett's appeal yesterday with the NFL. And Adam Schefter reported that all of a sudden, Miles Garrett came out at his appeal and said, you had Mason Rudolph using a racial slur. Now, everybody responded. Both sides responded. You had uh, the agent attorney for Mason Rudolph responded. The Browns teammates, Miles, backing up Miles Garrett. 
Steeler teammates backing up Mason Rudolph. No audio, which I find amazing. Multiple reports saying no audio, which I don't know if there was audio, if the NFL wants the audio to even come out. But there's three scenarios from the Brown-Steelers controversy. Miles Garrett's lying. Mason Rudolph is lying and said something. Garrett misheard something. Maybe one of the other Steeler teammates said something in that melee. Or maybe he misheard something if Rudolph said something here. I don't know. I don't know these players. And it's really dangerous when you start to take sides. You know, unless you're a Steeler or a Brown, I, I, I'm just, I, I just want to listen to both sides here and see. Now, you can say, well, Miles Garrett, why wait? If, if, if something is said that triggered you, do you say something? Did he say something? Did he wait for his appeal to say something? Um, Mason Rudolph, did he say something? Could he have said something that was misinterpreted by Miles Garrett? There's a lot of scenarios here. But one thing that we don't know is, or one thing I do know is we don't know, really. That's what it comes to. I don't know. And I don't know if we'll ever know. And I think you can look at this and go, well, Mason Rudolph, he's the one who got hit over the head with his helmet. Why would he lie? Or, you know, Miles Garrett, he's got a history here of going off the rails during games here. And, but I could go back and say, maybe that explains why Miles Garrett went off on Mason Rudolph. You can sort of talk yourself in and out of either side on this. But we don't know what happened in that situation. I don't think it's going to help Miles Garrett's appeal anyway. Um, and Mason Rudolph, you know, should be punished as well for his role in all of this. I don't know if the other Steeler teammates, if they said something in a situation like that. I don't know if... Pouncey said something. I don't know. We don't know. The official's not close enough. There's no microphones, apparently. And usually they have somebody mic'd up here. That's what's amazing. And Mary Kay Cabot of the Cleveland Plain Dealer, nobody was mic'd up in this situation. They might, it feels like everybody up for situations, you know, games like this, rivalries like this. And then these two teams play in what, less than two weeks in Pittsburgh? So we'll continue to follow what here. Um, you know, we've, we've reached out to the appropriate parties, and if we have somebody uh, who could be a potential newsmaker, hopefully we can get them on. I don't know how this story gets advanced. I don't. Josina Anderson of The Mothership has done a great job. It feels like she has spoken to Miles Garrett. Maybe he relayed some of the feelings he had after the game. She since deleted a tweet that talked about Miles Garrett, I think, was hinting that there was something else that went on, and that's what provoked him. And then he waited till his appeal. That was the part that I didn't understand. If that is the reason, like, because he came out, he was very contrite after. He didn't say anything about Mason Rudolph saying anything. And I would have thought in the moment you'd say, look, I went off because of this, because his teammates weren't backing him up. Baker Mayfield famously, you know, was saying, hey, this is, you know, irresponsible. Like, you can't do this. Indefensible. And I'm paraphrasing, but that, that was the feeling you got from, you know, some of the Cleveland Browns here. If he comes in and says in the locker room, hey, guys, just so you know, I apologize to you guys or the Cleveland organization. This is what set me off. That's what I was surprised at. Because if you're going to go off and react that way and something sets you off, then tell me. 
or tell us in the moment, not wait till your appeal. Because now you get people who will look at this right or wrong and say, well, he's trying to lessen his appeal by saying something like that. All right, this program is brought to you by the great folks at True Car. They show you what your car's value is, and you get a cash offer in minutes. So when you're ready to sell, visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Phone calls, 877-3DP-SHOW. McLevin, you got a poll question today. Yeah, I'm going to give you a choice. The two of the games you mentioned uh, on Sunday and Monday night, you can only watch one. So you got the Cowboys at the Patriots, mm-hmm. the Packers Niners, mm-hmm. Or how about Monday night, a little Ravens-Rams action at Rams, I believe. Mm. And that's fun. All right, we'll chomp that up in a bit. I'm going to take a break. Jalen Rose will join us on loan from the mothership. And a little bit later on, Ross Tucker, Westwood One NFL analyst, former NFL lineman, one of our faves, will join us on the program as well. Coming up on 16 after the hour, this is the Dan Patrick Show. Okay, this is just a 30-second commercial, and I'm going to throw a lot of numbers at you, but please, please stay with me. In just 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. The company that has been offering you great rates and great service for 75 years, it's Geico. I've been using them for a long time myself. And anytime you need help, you could speak to one of their trained specialists 24-7. No recordings. The company, Geico. Go to geico.com today. Sorry for all the numbers, but I've been a fan and a customer of Geico for a long time. And in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, I'm out. So you have a taste for pizza, huh? Certainly understandable. But before you decide on what kind, can we tempt you into going thin? Yes, Little Caesars has a large, extra-most, bestest, thin-crust pizza available right now for only $6.49. It's thin on crust, but big on taste, with extra cheese and the most pepperoni, all at the nation's best price. The extra-most, bestest, thin-crust pizza, only $6.49 at participating Little Caesars locations, plus tax where applicable. Order one online tonight and skip the register with Pizza Portal Pickup. Claim of extra cheese and most pepperoni, all at the nation's best price, is based on the comparison of the following pizzas for the top four national pizza chains. Little Caesars Extra Most Best is Thin Crust Pepperoni Pizza and the other three pizza chains' large, round standard menu, one-topping thin crust pepperoni pizza sold at everyday menu prices. Stop letting fibroids and endometriosis take over. Right now, thousands of women who have visited the specialists at the Center for Innovative GYN Care are saying the same thing. I shouldn't have waited. Waiting to treat a GYN condition can prolong the symptoms and often make them worse. Fibroids will grow. Endometriosis will spread. Why are you waiting? The CIGC specialists use exclusive laparoscopic techniques to treat complex GYN conditions. You don't need to suffer from abnormal bleeding or pelvic pain. Book a consultation at InnovativeGYN.com or call 888- surgery five hour energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life and now it comes in two great tropical flavors strawberry banana and tropical burst they're delicious and can transport you to a tropical paradise try them both then vote for your favorite at 5hewin.com you could be on the go to someplace you actually want to go. Offer ends 731.20. Terms apply. See www.5hewin.com for details. I got a great reveal, surprise for the Danettes coming up at the uh, end of the hour. Coming up at the top of the hour, if you're watching on TV, you're going to see something uh, really interesting in the Dan Patrick Show. Not that you're you know, not accustomed to seeing something interesting here, but... We have something really special coming up at the top of the hour, and you can watch on BR Live or Audience Channel 239 DirecTV. We'll also put it out on social media as well. Are we going to go with that poll question, McLevin? Yeah, we can. Uh, another Patriots question I have. 
Uh, is it time to panic for the 9-1 Patriots? <laughs> <laughs> Why does it feel that way? Because Tom Brady is saying it feels like it's time to panic a little bit. Now, there, um, I trust Tom Kern, who covers the Patriots, and he said that it's not true that they're not you know, kicking the tires on Antonio Brown. I heard the opposite to that, that they were, they're desperate. And I think there's, that's where there's a little pressure from inside the locker room to say, hey, look, can we maybe look, you know, take another look at Antonio Brown if, if he's cleared and we can bring him back. You know, that, that's the feeling that I was getting from my source. I trust Tom Curran. He said that that's not the case. But I understand why they would. Because Brady is basically saying, you know, I can't do this alone. And you're looking at that offense. Mohamed Sanu is injured. And Edelman seems like your only real weapon there. And now you're, you're playing the Dallas Cowboys here. And I don't know if there's any other solution here with this team. Yeah, McLevin. Another poll question off last night's game. Which AFC South team will win a Super Bowl next? Only one of them has ever won one, the Colts. But okay. who's the possible Super Bowl team? Texans? Uh, Colts, Jaguars, or Titans? Are any of them building toward a Super Bowl in any foreseeable future? Well, I guess I got to say the Texans because I trust Deshaun Watson. But, uh, you know, the Jags were pretty close two years ago. The Colts with Jacoby Brissett, not the same as Andrew. If Andrew Luck was there, then probably I would say the Colts. You just said three teams. <laughs> no, no, I'm saying the t- no, but yeah. Andrew Luck's not there. The Jags were a couple of years ago. Titans, no. Texans, I would say, yeah. By the process of elimination, and it does feel like Deshaun Watson could get to a Super Bowl, right? That's what you. That kind of quarterback. That's a weird team. You know, I watch the Texans, and I once again, I never know what I'm getting. I have no idea. And even last night, you know, I, I felt like it could have gone either way. I mean, the Texans are at home. You should win that game. You know, Colts have lost Marlon Mack. You know, the Texans at home after being embarrassed, they should have won that game. But you win by 20 to 17. There was a suspect fumble in there. And was it a fumble? And did Deshaun Watson recover? And, you know, so, but, and, you know, the Texans are in the mix here. It feels like they're going to be there wild card weekend uh, at like an early, early Saturday game on wild card weekend. Yeah, Paul. Deshaun Watson's so great to watch, but it still gets me frustrated that he does take hits and it's not his line's fault. He takes them because he's a tough dude. He did a rollout and, and there's two guys in front of him. And I think he could have ran out of bounds, but he just put his shoulder down and got two more yards. And it was like a second and eight. It was not that necessary. And I know he's a great player, but man, that would drive me crazy. But. I watched him in the game against the Ravens. Get rid of the ball. He tries to, this is the, you know, the young quarterback's mistake. Get rid of the ball. He's trying to make something happen. This isn't college. He's a wonderful player and he has to learn get rid of the ball because you can't keep taking those sacks. You're going to end up like, like Andrew Luck. Texans can't afford to lose to Sean Watson because if he goes down, you go down. And he's got to understand, if it's not there, throw it away. You know, he doesn't have that escapability like Russell Wilson does. He's, he's not athletic like Lamar Jackson is. He's creative, and he's a very good quarterback. But when I saw him trying to create something, keep something alive, and then you make mistakes or you get sacked, can't afford to happen. Can't. And as much as I like him, 
Um, you know, there are times when he makes me scream at the at the TV. A couple of phone calls here. Uh, Roy in Texas joins us. Hi, Roy. What's on your mind today? Hey, Dan. Uh, six feet, 190. Right. So here's the deal. I'm actually an attorney in Texas, and we got to understand one thing with the Miles Garrett thing is that we're not talking about a JP small claims court situation. We're talking millions of dollars is based on this appeal. So clearly a good defense would be to put forth, well, a racial slur. Now, the thing about this is uh, the quarterback of the Steelers, uh, he runs the risk of alienating his own teammates. Nobody in their right mind would, I'm trying to say this in a way that's not offensive to anybody, but you limit your exposure. You say something like that to one person when there's other like people in that area you run the risk of offending them. So it just doesn't make sense that he would say something like that. But in defense, in an an appeal-type situation, you want to bring anything you can to lessen the blow. I know, Roy. And look, I appreciate where you're coming from. It's dangerous to speculate. Because now we're going to do likability. Boy, Mason Rudolph seems like a clean-cut guy. I mean, I don't know. I don't know Miles Garrett. I don't know him. I don't know Mason Rudolph. But when you speculate and then you start to side with, you know, one side or you're going to look at the other you know, motives of the other side, I don't know if we'll ever know the answer here. And that's, that's dangerous and it's sad because if Mason Rudolph did say something or one of his teammates did, okay, it still doesn't exonerate Miles Garrett. We might be a little more sympathetic. I don't think the NFL would be. But let's say Miles Garrett just created this because he doesn't want to lose millions of dollars. You know, it's dangerous. And a lot of people are going to try to read into it and speculate, well, of course he wouldn't say something. Well, okay. I, I don't know. Oh, Miles Garrett, you know, he's, he's gone off a couple of times on quarterbacks. You know, he seems like he's off the... I, I, yes, you're right about all those things. And yes, Mason Rudolph looks like a clean-cut guy. I don't... But a haircut doesn't make you a good guy. Yes, Eden. It didn't make sense for... Uh, who's that Eagles wide receiver that went off at the Kenny Chesney? Riley, Riley Cooper. Riley Cooper. That didn't make a lot of sense either, but it happened. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think that's where people want to advance this story. And I just want to collect the data here and just... you know, But, but it doesn't matter. You know, I could have an opinion... But it's not based in fact right now. It would be, did Mason Rudolph say that in that moment? It's extremely loud in there. And then all of a sudden, two teammates come in. Could he have heard somebody else say something? Maybe nobody said anything. Now, that, that's the dangerous part of all of this. And you start to think about this. Miles Garrett is lying. Mason Rudolph is lying and said something. Maybe Miles Garrett misheard something. I mean, those are all things that could be true, but I don't know if we'll ever get to the bottom line on all of this. Yeah, Paul. I always used to judge those he said, he said things by who was the most adamant, most loud, and most defensive of yeah. themselves. Yeah. I always used to think, like, like if Mason Rudolph were calling into shows today and, and vice versa, if Miles Garrett were calling into shows and just saying, I got it, I, I won't stop, I want the, this told. But then again, Lance Armstrong used to do that. That was Lance Armstrong's move. It's like he was He was a complete liar, but he would blame others and yell and scream, but it made people buy into what he said. Well, look at OJ. Sure. OJ's still doing it. Yeah. It's sometimes the loudest voice gets the most attention, and then we go, oh, well, he, 
got to be innocent. Remember how, how long did it take the French media all over Lance Armstrong from the beginning? And then we criticized the French media. Hey, lay off our Lance Armstrong. If this was the other way around, and let's say it was somebody from France who was dominating something in the United States, we'd be like, I don't know. You know, the U.S. media was all over him. You know, Lance shouted from the mountaintops. And he was accusing everybody of slandering him and all of this. And then we realized Lance was lying. In this situation, I was surprised that Miles Garrett waited till his appeal but maybe he had, you know, logic on his side. His lawyer said, let's wait and just talk to the commissioner or, you know, the people involved in that meeting face to face. So you can let them know that this was, I don't want to talk to the media. I want to talk to you to reveal this. Okay. You know, I don't know what the game plan was, but if that was, then okay, fine. But we don't know. Yeah, McLovin. Yeah, that's the problem with this this issue. Like, I'm not even saying anything because without facts, aren't you at risk of saying something that's gonna you're gonna regret? Yes. you as a host. Yeah, and I don't I don't want to do that. And I think a lot of people put themselves at risk by trying to figure this out. And you know, if there's more details here, then great, we'll report them. But you now, what happened yesterday? You know, advanced the story. It kept it alive. Yeah, McLovin. Not an important part necessarily, but what do you think this means for the Cleveland Browns season? We've talked about their schedule is really easy, but they don't have Olivier Vernon. Now they won't have Miles Garrett. Is it, are they in free fall or can... Well, you know, this game with the Steelers is really important now. It's obviously important and important for both. But now you have this revenge motive with the Steelers playing at home. Um I wonder what this does to, you know, the Cleveland Brown, you know, because it feels like that locker room is, is, you know, it's a little bit fractured. And now you have something like this. Where's their attention? You got to have focus. You got to have leaders here. Do they have that leadership? And I have doubts about that. That's where I'd lean towards the Steelers here. They at least have experience there. And you have Mike Tomlin there uh, because this game is going to be huge for both of these teams. Yeah, McLovin. Well, Browns have a host the Dolphins this week. Yeah. And so that seems like a get-right game, right? I don't know. Yes, that's a great thing that they have the Dolphins. But but, but if you lose that game because your head's not wrapped around who you're playing now because you're ready to face the Pittsburgh Steelers in a couple of weeks. And Dolphins are a little spicy these They're da- days. Are they dangerous? Are they dangerous? They're a good first half team. You don't know what Ryan Fitzpatrick's going to do no, on I do not. any given Sunday. And you know, you know what? Ryan Fitzpatrick doesn't know what he's going to do <laughs> on any given Sunday. Derek in New York joins us. Hi, Derek. What do you have for me today? Hey, Dan. 5'10", 200 pounds. Uh, I'm a, a long-time listener, first-time caller. I'm an NFL historian. I get a lot of NFL film stuff collected and so forth. And uh, I think the original uh, derivation of the America's team thing with the Cowboys came from an editor at NFL Films. That's according to Steve Sable, according to some of the footage I have. And I can't remember who his name was, but, you know, maybe sometime I'll look it up and tell you. But that, that's documented. And then CBS ran with it. Dan, you're a little bit older than me, but not too much. So you remember how CBS was looking for a marquee team back in the 60s. And you're right about the hole in the sky and, and the cheerleaders and the star in the helmet. And I get all that. And I, I think CBS ran with it because it was, it, it was helping them. Yeah. The other thing I would say as a Packer fan is I think – Packers should be America's team. They're the smallest team in Americana with a professional team. That's Americana to me. So I'd like you to comment on that, but uh, I get your points, and I love the show. All right. Well, thank you, Derek. We appreciate that. 
You know, Roger Staubach played a large role in America's team because he went to Navy. He won the Heisman Trophy. You had Tom Landry on the sidelines. He was all business, had the hat on, the suit, had the new stadium. Like there was just some, you were watching something that you hadn't seen before. And then you throw in, they had star power. You had the stadium. They kept the roof open. So as they would say, God could watch the Cowboys. They created this myth. But we bought into it because they were winning. And that was what was great. They were winning. And I don't care how good you are. You know, the Packers won, but the Packers were winning really prior to the advent of, you know, TV, where where we were watching. You know, we got to see the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl back then, you know, you had two networks covering, I think, the first Super Bowl or the first two Super Bowls. It wasn't as highly thought of. It wasn't even called the Super Bowl back then. But you had this, you had Lombardi, you know, and, and I agree, you know, with Derek. When you think about Americana, when you think about America's team, wouldn't it be a small market team owned by its fans and the charm of going to Green Bay and Lambeau Field? But Dallas created something, something magical there, and it stayed. And the staying power for a team that hasn't won anything in two decades is truly remarkable. You have skipped a generation. You had a generation of Cowboy fans back in the 70s, and then you had a generation in the 90s as well, and you were winning Super Bowls. And just like the Steelers. You know, your dad or your dad's dad might have been a Steeler fan back in the early 70s. And then all of a sudden, you know, the Steelers come back again. They win a Super Bowl. You know, that's what happens. And then you pass it down to your son or daughter. And, you know, it's, it's a, a family baton of football fandom. And that's what you have with some of these teams. I don't, I don't know why the Patriots don't have that. Now, they had a, a glimmer of hope back, uh, you know, when they faced the Bears in the you know, mid-80s in the Super Bowl and got roughed up. But then they started winning. And I don't know if anybody, I don't know if that's being passed down to anybody outside of New England with the Patriots. Interesting, though. All right, we'll take a break. Uh, Jalen Rose checked in, and uh, we'll come back. We'll talk to him. A couple things to uh, bring to his attention, including the James Harden can score 90 in a game. We'll talk to Maybe Jalen wants James Harden to score 90 because Jalen was on the Raptors when Kobe scored 81. Oh, too soon. Maybe that's what Jalen is saying. I'm hoping. I'm hoping Harden gets 82. That way we don't have to keep hearing about Kobe getting 81 on us in Toronto. All right, we'll take a break. Got our play of the day coming up as well. This is the Dan Patrick Show. Wrangler makes cool jeans for guys who want to look and feel good. I was always a sweatpants guy myself over the years until I tried on a pair of Wrangler jeans, and now Wrangler is the way to go. I would actually wear it to, to work out and get on the treadmill with my Wrangler jeans. Wrangler has great new styles you haven't seen yet with all the comfort you'd expect from Wrangler. Wrangler has jean styles to fit all kinds of men like our host and our guests. The jeans are great. I like the cowboy cut personally and the retro relaxed fit boot cut. That's the one I would go with, but there's plenty of choices. Wrangler is making jeans look great for a night out at the movies, the game. I've even seen some celebs rocking them at clubs. Wrangler has all the latest styles, straight leg, slim fit, tapered, premium washes. The jeans are versatile and comfortable. No matter the look you're going for, the mood you're in, they have what you want. They're timeless. They have all of today's most popular styles. Go to wrangler.com slash Patrick to find your new favorite jeans. 
Wrangler, wear with abandon. Once again, I invite you to go to wrangler.com slash Patrick to find your new favorite jeans. Wrangler, wear with abandon. Hey, listeners, just wanted to take a minute to thank all our great sponsors and all of you great listeners for supporting this podcast. We certainly couldn't do it without either of you. And I wanted to remind you that you can support our sponsors by going to our show page at podcastone.com, clicking on the support this podcast button, and there you will see all our wonderful sponsors that help make this show possible. Thank you for downloading, subscribing, and of course, supporting. And now back to the show. Why wait to live your best life? Stop letting fibroids and endometriosis take over. Right now, thousands of women who have visited the specialists at the Center for Innovative GYN Care at InnovativeGYN.com are saying the same thing. I shouldn't have waited. Waiting to treat a GYN condition can prolong the symptoms and often make them worse. Fibroids will grow and endometriosis will spread. If you ignore a GYN condition, you can also risk anemia from increased blood loss. Why are you waiting? The CIGC difference is our training and our techniques. State-of-the-art, minimally invasive procedures are performed as same-day outpatient surgeries. Recovery from the exclusive CIGC procedures is just days. Innovative techniques, superior results. That's the CIGC difference. Book a consultation at InnovativeGYN.com or call 888-SURGERY. Five-hour energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life. And now it comes in two great tropical flavors, strawberry banana and tropical burst. They're delicious and can transport you to a tropical paradise. Try them both, then vote for your favorite at 5hewin.com. You could be on the go to someplace you actually want to go. Offer ends 731.20. Terms apply. See www.5hewin.com for details. Got a play of the day coming up. By the way, if you get a chance to watch Arizona basketball, I saw him play in high school. Nico Mannion, he's a real deal. He's a whole lot of fun. He played against South Dakota State last night. But uh, I remember his dad playing in the NBA. And uh, Nico Mannion, he's a real deal. Uh, let me see. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. We make way for Jalen Rose to the mothership. He can be seen on ESPN's NBA Countdown pregame halftime show every Friday leading into ESPN NBA game telecast. And he joins us on the program. Jay, how are you today? Always appreciate being on with the legend and also acknowledging they could check me out at 2 p.m. Eastern every day on Jalen and Jacoby. And Countdown is Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, Dan. You know, wow. sports don't sleep. I like that. Uh you know, this is what I, you're sort of the James Brown of uh, the NBA, NBA TV, hardest working man. Absolutely. I take pride in it. I appreciate the multiple opportunities I've been given. I've actually been covering the NBA on television since I was in the league starting in 2002, which means about 19 seasons covering the NBA finals. If it wasn't Michigan, where were you going to go to? So I took a couple of visits. Usually as a high school player, um, you see where people that you looked up to or from your hometown had success, and you end up wanting to go there. So a lot of people don't know um, the UNLV team led by Larry Johnson, Greg Anthony, and Stacey Augman, the year they won the championship, the Final Four MVP was Anderson Hunt. He attended my high school, Detroit Southwestern. So I always loved UNLV. 
Steve Smith, now doing a terrific job on television, went to Michigan State. Mm-hmm. Magic Johnson, another big guard that I idolized, so I took a visit to Michigan State. Syracuse, Derek Coleman, like my big brother, Dave Bing, is my godfather, took a visit to Syracuse. Ultimately, I couldn't turn down the opportunity to be the fifth member of the Fab Five, which is why I changed my number from number 42 in high school <laughs> to five when I got to college. <laughs> Um, I saw this quote from you, and I think you said it to Greeny on Get Up, that you think James Harden could get 90 in a game. And before we get to that possibility, I started to wonder, are you hoping he gets to 90 or at least 82 so we don't have to keep mentioning Kobe got 81 on the Raptors team that you played for? Not at all. See, one thing about being a public figure for as long as I have and we have, the public is going to find things that – bring up about your career, things that you said, been in the wrong place at the wrong time. That's going to happen. James Harden scoring 90 doesn't take away people when they get a chance to try to tease me about Kobe scoring 81. Here's why. The people that played against Wilt when he scored 100, hopefully some of them are still alive. They may or may not be. Um, For example, somebody like Devin Booker, when he scores 70 points on a Boston Celtics team, we don't brag about those guys. You know why? because they're not as famous as me. So I understand how to take it. And, and if that's the one L I take for public consumption, I'll live with it because he is one of the top seven or eight players to ever do it. I look at Harden. I'm fascinated. I don't know if we appreciate it. I, don't, I know a lot of people don't like that style, though, Jalen. But I, I watch Harden, and everybody knows he's going to shoot. And for, he's still able to do what he wants to do when he wants to do it. And he still hasn't gotten really hot in a game yet this year. That's why I said that he's going to score 90 eventually. Because for those of us who intimately watch these games, he actually goes for it on a nightly basis. He's just not being efficient. Reggie Miller, one of the greatest three-point shooters of all time, probably took 15 or 16 threes in a game once. James Harden averages that on a nightly basis. So on a night when he's getting to the line, making his threes and actually efficient for two, on average he's pushing 70 or 80 just like that. So that's where I came with that math. Uh, We've talked a lot about Luka Doncic this second year, and if you were going to describe his game to somebody who hadn't seen Luka Doncic, how would you describe him? Easy work. And that's the best compliment you could give somebody out there. If you notice, he doesn't seem like he's ever out of control. He's not sped up. He's not bothered by the competition. He is a fierce competitor. He has all of the skills, dribble passes, shoot, dribble, shoot from range. And also, he's a versatile guy that can get you boards, that can make teammates around him better. I like his um, court, on-court personality. He's a fun player to watch. And I appreciate watching Mavs games while, while he's out there balling on league pass. Also, we love a good story. The media loves a good story. You know, I, I mentioned this yesterday. Giannis won his MVP. Harden got his MVP. We tend to look for the new story. LeBron has sort of reinvented himself. That's a new story, and they're playing extremely well. The chances of Doncic winning the MVP this year are what? What would it hinge on? It would hinge on being behind LeBron, being behind Giannis, being behind Harden. Because a lot of that, too, has to do with your team's success. And I don't anticipate the Mavs being one of the top handful of teams in the Western Conference. 
even though Russell Westbrook did win MVP and his team was a six seed, but that's when he first averaged a triple-double. This just won't be his year for it to happen, but that doesn't mean over the next couple of seasons he won't be in position to do it. Giannis is top three in the league right now in points and rebounds, and he had 15 assists last (laughs) night, so he's not slowing down at all. Yeah, but it's weird how we do love the new story, though, Jalen. Yes, we do love the new story, but that's the great thing about today's NBA. Now teams and fans can look at their squad and have some sort of optimism, even if they're not contenders. And young players like Luka Doncic will help make that happen. When you start to look at the Clippers' game plan here, how does this backfire on them? You mean as far as load management? Yeah. I didn't want to use load management. I figured game plan. Okay, got it, got it. That's right. We're going we're gonna to try to eliminate low management and rest from the box score. Got I'd it. like to. Okay. I'd like to. Okay. okay, here's how it's going to backfire. The two best teams, the Lakers and the Clippers in the West, will not face each other in the Western Conference Finals because Kawhi Leonard and possibly Paul George are going to miss so many regular season games. It's going to put the Clippers in position to be like a third or fourth seed. So now those two teams might end up playing in the second round as opposed to the Western Conference Finals. Okay. Yeah. I'm still, I, you know, I usually wait until after Christmas before I get a better handle on these teams. And I don't know if I'm going to get a good handle on the Clippers and say, okay, now I know who they are. And, and I know I was told yesterday by a source that you know, there's nothing wrong with Kawhi. This is just the game plan. He's going to play 60 games. The Clippers knew that to start the season. Do you think there's any, you know, aftershocks with, with the knee injury? Do, do you think that's something that could be still lingering there for Kawhi Leonard this season? So I believe that last year, you know, coming uh, two seasons ago, he played nine games. So last year, having what Adam Silver termed recovery days, and I appreciated that term because when you have an injury the way he did, he deserves an opportunity to, to ease himself back into NBA action. But he was in the East last year, and he joined a Raptors team that was always flirting with the number one or two seed the last three or four years, even before he arrived. So they were 17-4 and four without him. And now you graduate that same theory to the Western Conference. It's just stiffer competition from top to bottom. The thing that it, the league is going to have to try to figure out, Dan, is there isn't motivation now for current players to want to play all 82 games. It used to be a badge or honor to show up at your job every night, and usually the best players around the game set that tone. So when I first came in the league, players like Michael Jordan, Akeem Olajuwon, Reggie Miller, Stockton and Malone, they showed up to play every night. So that became something that players strive to do. Now, and I blame the media and the fans a little bit on this, because when you start to dumb down everybody's achievements to only ring counting, now all of a sudden a player like Kawhi can say, all y'all going to do is judge me by how many rings I win. So I'm going to not – focus on a Wednesday night game in November, you guys are going to pay attention to what I do in the playoffs. And that's what leads to a guy like LeBron leaving Cleveland to go to Miami to get a couple of rings. And then when he gets his rings, guess what he does? (laughs) He leaves again. This is why Kevin Durant leaves OKC, goes to the Warriors, wins two rings, seems to be unhappier in Golden State than he was with uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder. Then he leaves there and goes to the Nets. So that has created a climate that now players don't value the regular season as much as they should, and that's unfortunate. It's great to talk to you, Jay. Have a good weekend. We appreciate your time as always. 
Thanks for the love. I appreciate you. That's Jalen Rose, ESPN, ABC, NBA analyst. He's right about that. You know, when you look back, if, if LeBron could have gotten somebody to go to Cleveland or he had won a title there, then it might have been different. He wouldn't have gone to Miami. I do think the media asking, you know, with our great players, how many championships have you won? Certainly with basketball players where they have more freedom to do that than, say, a football player does uh, and maybe a baseball player. Uh, that's why LeBron left. He went and won a couple of titles and then people shut up about the titles. Kevin Durant. Oh, you can't be one of the great players of all time. You haven't won a title. He went to Golden State, won a couple of titles. Realized that that doesn't necessarily bring happiness. And then he went to the Nets. All right, coming up next hour, Ross Tucker will weigh in on the situation between Miles Garrett and Mason Rudolph, Westwood One NFL analyst. I got a great reveal coming up at the top of the hour if you're watching on Audience Channel 239 or BR Live. And we'll put it out on social media. Football season is here, and it's time to dominate the competition with your fantasy picks. And R.J. Bell's Dream Preview on Podcast One Sportsnet is your secret weapon to victory. I said the fact they didn't run it up in week one tells me this guy is so confident he wants to hide his strength. No matter the matchup, R.J.'s got you handled with top-notch analysis for the best NFL picks around. Now, is that true or not? I don't know. Very optimistic. Download R.J. Bell's Dream Preview every week on Apple Podcasts and podcastone.com. Why wait to live your best life? Stop letting fibroids and endometriosis take over. Right now, thousands of women who have visited the specialists at the Center for Innovative GYN Care at InnovativeGYN.com are saying the same thing. I shouldn't have waited. Waiting to treat a GYN condition can prolong the symptoms and often make them worse. Fibroids will grow, endometriosis will spread. If you ignore a GYN condition, you can also risk anemia from increased blood loss. Why are you waiting? The CIGC difference is our training and our techniques. State-of-the-art, minimally invasive procedures are performed as same-day outpatient surgeries. Recovery from the exclusive CIGC procedures is just days. Innovative techniques, superior results. That's the CIGC difference. Book a consultation at InnovativeGYN.com or call 888-SURGERY. 